We on? We're on. This All is right. it. That this record got me high. Episode five. That's Rob Elba. That's Barry Stock. What are we discussing today? We're discussing, I don't know, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the podcast where we take record classic records and we just and we dig into them and we talk about them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I was going to say allegedly classic records, but I, we'll, that has to be determined. Yeah. All right. So. Let's get let's let's get into this now because I don't like Barry's had an attitude the entire uh, when I told him last week that I yeah. wanted to do who's could do right flip your wig right he gave me one of those huh yeah <laughs> nah it's okay and uh, I'm gonna go further I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pull the curtain aside Barry's wife Susan yep lovely woman who I love yeah. Messaged me. <laughs> Un, we're not in, in. I didn't unprompted by right. me. No, I didn't think she did it because of you. I knew she was doing it on yeah, her she's own. Quite capable of. Doing and it. I appreciate the uh, passion. I want to say that right, right away. I appreciate That's the passion, right. but imploring me to do um, a different record, a different who's going to do record than flip your wig. That's right. Why aren't Which, you doing? Did we, new even day say that, did we even say they were doing flip your wig? Flip Your Wig is the record we're doing. Let's produce, <laughs> which, which album was it? One, Classic, two, their fourth, uh, fourth record. Fourth record. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons I did. First of all, let me just say right now, I love, uh, New Day Rising could probably be my favorite Who's Could Do record. Okay. It was the first one that I that I heard. Yeah. The, the, the first five songs of New Day Rising cannot be... Denied. You listen to that record, if you heard it for the first time, right? and you're listening to that, it just blows you away. It's amazing. And the record uh, before that, Zen Arcade, which they recorded like just months before that one. They, right. they put those two records out really close. Yeah. Is a, is a masterpiece. It's right. also great. It has yeah. a, a lot of great stuff. Flip Your Wig, I spoiler alert, is also a great record. Okay. <laughs> And I thought I'm not see I'm not just picking for my records that I pick. I'm just telling you how I work. I don't know how okay. Barry operates. All right. <laughs> but how I work is I, I I think of what would be most fun to dig into and to talk about. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's there's some things about um, flip your wig that are uh, that are interesting to me. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Barry's well, not I, convinced. You no, know, that's no, fine. no. It's that's not fine. that I'm not convinced. It's that. I do have a, a history with the band of, of listening to them. Right. Um, got The first record I got was Everything Falls Apart. I had heard their version of Sunshine Superman, the Donovan song. Oh, okay. And so uh, picked up that record, which is very much sort of a hardcore punk record. Um, fast, loud, fast, 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 loud. And then I went to a record store, the infamous record city in Orlando, and I uh, was walked in one day, and this friend of mine named Scott Roberts was at the counter, and he worked there uh, because he was, um, you know, I was not cool enough to get a job at the record store. He was. And he goes, hey, I'm going to play you something, and I want you to tell me who it is. And so he put on um, Never Talking to You Again of Zen Arcade. Oh, okay. And I said, wow, I have Completely no idea. Completely different band than uh, the Yeah, uh, the yeah, band exactly. You to. And he, uh, and Frankly, Scott Roberts does not like loud, fast music. And he goes, yeah, this is that band Husker Du. And I was like, you're kidding. He was like, no. And there's this record, they, this double album they put out called Zen Arcade. And it's it's really great. So I, I think I bought it that day and took it home. And yeah, that was really when I was like, okay, now this, they're a force to be reckoned with. And that record 
a, a far and above any of their other records is going to be the one I would pick as my right. Is, yeah. To, in fact, if I only had that one Husker Du record, it's, it would be that one for but sure. You also liked uh, New Day Rising. After, I liked right? New Day Rising, but I did not like it as much as an arcade. Okay. Okay. But and I know Barry already told me this. He didn't. I don't even know that he didn't really care for Flip Your Wig, and he told me he didn't even listen. You know, to anything it's, no, after it's not Flip that Wig. I didn't care for it. It's I listened to it actually a lot when it came out. Oh, okay. It's that um, over time and listening to it now, um, it does not. Um, it, it reveals the limits of a, of the Power Trio, and this is where this is the record where I think they. Um, in, Instead of sort of diversifying the sound, it was um, um, the first record where I'd say the sound was a limitation to them. And then they start, it was also the first record of theirs that they self-produced. They Because right. a guy named Spot from the SST house producer had done all, all the SST stuff up to that point, right. I believe. And, and was not... I don't think it was any great producer. I mean, it's not like the record like New Day Rising sounds that great. Mm-mm. It really doesn't. No, parts but, of it sound sound horrible. There's some right. songs where just like the vocals are real muddy, yeah. and buried, and and yeah. you know maybe that it, it actually you know just like a lot of things it it works uh, because you know just because of the of the power of the songs, the power of the band, whatever. Right. So, but yeah. Uh, the thing that bugs me about Flip Your Wig is, I, and I'm going to, I think that my my pet theory, and I don't think I'm totally off on this, is this is the, it's the first record where the sound of the album actually reveals the schism between the two main songwriters in the band. And it reveals one person taking over and another person being sh- sort of pushed <laughs> into the background. See, I don't hear that yet on this record. I, I don't see that. I, for me, it... Uh, I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that for this record. And also, I know you said to me this was the last one you listened to, and the next record, this was the last record on SSD. They had, right. already, they had already been signed. So this is yeah. kind of the this record is is a band like making it sort of. A band like finally like right. you know, they're making it's it. their Daydream Nation, because after Daydream Nation Sonic Youth signed to Geffen. So right. and, and they could have the I forget uh who's could you sign to Warner, Warner, and Warner wanted to put uh, this record on it, but but they felt like to uh, they owed uh, to, uh, do, uh, to be loyal to SST. They yeah. wanted to put this out on on SST, right? But I have news to you: the record they did next, Candy Apple Grey, is not a, is still a really good record. It's got some great songs yeah. on there. It's right. got it's got probably one of the best Grand Heart songs ever on on, okay. on that one. And the and the warehouse has. A ton of great songs on it too. I mean, obviously, Warehouse probably shouldn't have been two records, uh, right? A double record, but it has some great okay. songs on it. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I was, I see. I feel in a way you're falling. Now I don't want to throw aspersions. <laughs> cast aspersions. But I'll, like, what, yeah, yeah, cast, yeah, I don't want to yeah, cast yeah. them or throw them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I okay. want to throw them. Throw, over right, right. But a lot shade. of shade. Throw shade. Cast aspersions. A lot of people <laughs> that are into. The more indie underground music, they mm-hmm. seem to have a thing when a band. It's almost like they don't want their bands to get that big. They yeah. don't want them to get popular. Sure. Or they want to get. And I'm sure. telling you, I've never been like that. I always wanted my bands to get as big as possible. Yeah. When I heard when when I heard um, 
makes no sense at all from this album. Flip sure. Rig. I said, man, that's that's going to be on the radio. That's going to be a hit. Well, and me it, too. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And and, and it was, but college radio. And right. They, they never crossed over to yeah. anything uh, bigger. But I don't have a problem with I don't have a problem with bands, you know, uh, getting big, becoming big. It, it rarely happens with bands I really like. It's just the way it is. Well, it just rarely happens. Just to, you know, throw a little more in my direction. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is the so the early, you know, um, this was the first record it, and they spent months in the studio to achieve higher quality production. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, and I know you're going to disagree with me, but I, I understand. I remember when I first heard this, I said, wow, that sounds, it sounds weird. Uh, the drums, definitely a questionable drum sound. They sound horrible. The I drums sound mind, terrible. I actually don't mind. I feel like this whole record as a whole, I sort of, it sort of grew on me. And in yeah. listening to it, revisiting it this past week, I said, you know what? This record's awesome. The, the, yeah. The songs, the there's some great screaming. songs on here. There's a great song. And the uh, guitars are like screaming yep. loud. They're good. Yep. Yeah. The, the drums sound weird in parts, but not in every song. Some songs, they work a little better. I think the best one is the backwards instrumental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, so, right. The one at the end, one of the ones at the end. Now, my my, my yeah, my complaints about this record are sonic in a lot of terms, and I think right. I think the drums sound terrible, and I think the bass is inaudible. So, and I I think that that's not true because I'm just listening to it, and you can hear you can, you can hear, hear the bass, but if you listen to live recordings of the band from the same era. And where you can hear, oh, the drums sound like drums. They sound like a drum kit, and the bass player is 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 present, prevalent in the mix. It's a different band. And it's a different right. sound. And I was even watching a Bob Mold interview today where he was talking about, well, you know, the records are special. They're kind of artifacts, and then the live thing is is you know really where the band shines. And I thought, um, it, they were, I, I think Bob Mold takes over. On this record, the sound-wise, because he I, yeah, comes, I think so. The record is—they uh, say it was produced by them, by the band, but right. I think you could, it's pretty safe to say that. Considering Bob the, the, the guitar and the vo- vocals and Bob's vocals are the <laughs> loudest thing <laughs> on the record, I think you could yeah. yeah so we should probably we should probably get into the tracks because let's we go, could. We're just you know we're we're gonna. Yeah, let's get, and if me and Barry, this like I two said, two cranky old guys uh, talking about. But I will say this: me and Barry are doing this once again. We're at uh, uh, the house of Brian Franklin, and we're across from each other at a table. So if one of us gets mad enough where they want to lunge mm. across to the other mm. guy, we probably wouldn't be able to do no. that. So I don't think that's no. probably not going to happen. No. <laughs> I'm not going to lunge. I, you know, no, I'm not. I was a little upset. I don't know. I was getting the underlying thing because you said something very. Uh, a passive aggressive to me when you came in you said I've been listening because you came in with like this look on your puss I said what's yeah. up and you said I've been listening to Who's Gonna Do like, yeah. that was a well pass- I have actually well I have but it, it's been, been a, a joyous actually, experience for it, me well I um I researched <laughs> this rec- this week's episode much more than I did any of the other episodes like I would say probably by a factor of four. Oh wow! Because the you. other records we've done, um, I, I'm familiar with and I love. Right, right. And right. this record, I wanted to make sure that my that my opinion that I had or what I brought to it, <laughs> that I was, you know, that not not. Let really. me guess. You came at the conclusion that you were absolutely right. No, no. I came. I, I wanted to make sure <laughs> that I was that I felt, you know, that that I, what I was hearing and what I was thinking about right. was 
legit and not I wasn't just blowing foam out my ass. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, right. which, you know, I'm quite <laughs> capable of doing. He's, he's known. Yeah, he's yeah known. exactly. He so, um, flip your wig. It's a, which is an expression that uh, I looked it up and uh, there was some spurious information that it was like from the 17th century and had to do with, you know, people wearing wigs and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, the Ox- Oxford English Dictionary said, nope, first appears in the late 1950s and it talks about, you know, a hipster or somebody blowing your top. So, oh, okay. you know, I had a your, feeling it sounds like kind of a hipster. It, it is, you know, or, or a hep cat. Uh, you know, you're going to flip your wig, you're going to hold on, you know. Daddy, Daddy-O, don't flip your wig. Um, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like this song is their Here Comes Success. You know that Iggy Pop song? Yeah, here yeah, comes, yeah This sure. is their yeah, Here Comes yeah, Success. Yeah, yeah, Because sure. the song is kind of about them blowing up as a band in a way. And, yeah. And what I, one thing I really love about this song is that it's one... I don't know if it's the... I think it may be the only Who's Could Do song where him and Grant Hart actually... Uh, Trade verses. Trade off. Trade they verses. trade off verses, and, yeah. and and it's funny because uh, the, the the song is just credited to to Bob Mould, but the verse that um, the verses that Grant Hart sing sound like something maybe Grant Hart would have written. But yeah, I, I'm that's thinking, true. But I'm thinking maybe Bob Mould wrote them for um, for Grant with Grant in mind that he was going to sing it. Yeah. But I I remember just being excited when I heard the song because it's like oh cool they're they're doing the dual thing like yeah. uh, like Bob Mould sings a verse and then. Grant Hart sings, and uh, I love uh, his part. Is like Sunday section gives us a mention. Grandma's freaking out over the attention. Now my friends abound; they're coming back around. Well, they, they weren't friends. I mean, he's talking about fairweather friends, right? 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 <laughs> right? Right? The long distance on the other end says, "I need them for a friend. No matter what I choose, I'm the one when they, they want to use. use." Yeah, yeah. And that's Grant that sings that, right? Yes, that's yeah. the Grant. Right? 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 Um, and and do I really care? You know, I don't know. Yeah. And do, and we do, really do we really know? know they don't and know. do we really care? Right. Which is funny because last week's uh, Days of Wine and Roses, uh, the final track, um, someone said, you know, uh, what's the what's the line in that song? Um, oh, the uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Roses, that right. Song. She's on the ledge again. Um, and All oh, right. They keep saying it at the end over and over. Um what does he say? Um, I don't care. Oh, the, the, everybody says I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Oh, right, right. Everybody yeah, right. says Look I don't us. care. But I don't care. Um, and do, yeah, and this is uh, Bob at the end. They were trading off at the end and he's just getting, and do we really know? And do we really care? And, right. Uh, Grant singing "Flip Your Wig" and I just I I really I, I love this song as an opener to the record and I uh-huh. and like I said I really love the fact that they were both singing on it yeah uh, because that's that that's one of the things about Who's Could Do they were a band that had two amazing Powerful songwriters, songwriters two yeah, amazing yeah. songwriters amazing yeah. performers in the same band obviously it's the thing that t- tore them apart because uh, yeah. especially for Bob Gould yeah. I don't think he wanted to be in a band no. with another amazing songwriter no. which is which is fine which is fair there's, some, there's some interviews later on uh, one of which I dug up today uh, where um, it was an interview with Grant Hart where he was talking about he said it, it never could be more than 55-45 right 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 yeah they could and, <laughs> yes, uh, it was kind of a unwritten rule that he, yeah, he couldn't oh, write. He I, had to write I, a little less than half of the songs. That well, he I, I don't think record. it was unwritten. I oh, think it was that, actually. Written. I think okay. it was explicitly <laughs> stated. Uh, you know, 
you don't get to write more songs on a record than right, me. right, right. So, and speaking of Grand Heart, we yeah, got every uh, everything. The next song, track two, every everything, track two. Um, a Grand Heart song where she he's talking about a girl and she's uh, uh, softly spoken words of love. These are what she says to me: "Honey, be a man. Get off your knees." <laughs> And, you know, you could read a lot into that. Right, I, right. We're, we're going to let that, we're going to leave that to your imagination. When I first read that, I did read a lot into that. Uh, yeah, I think you could read a lot into that. Um, but this is not, he writes a lot of uh, uh, guy-girl songs. He and does. Sort of a guy talking about a girl. That, that's yeah. definitely his wheelhouse. It is. And uh, and this is one, I love, he's got the songs where he sort of sing, sings and songs that he more sort of screams, mm-hmm. uh, scream sings. And this is more of a, one of his screamer type songs. Yeah. But it's his traditional love, lust type song. It's always him lusting yeah, after Yeah, exactly. Someone. Or some broken heart aspect or some right. un, un, unresolved feelings aspect to his... Uh, so yeah, and it's uh, he never screams as loud as Bob. No, no, and and it's a totally different kind of a uh, kind of uh, delivery uh, right. scream. Bob, I mean, yeah, and he's got to play the fucking drums and do this at the same time, which is quite it, pretty impressive. It is when you see him do impressive. it. Yeah, yeah way it more is. than playing the guitar and and, <laughs> and singing loud. Right, playing exactly. the drums and doing this is is a uh, pretty remarkable. Barefoot right. too, playing the drums barefoot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Barry, we have this. At some point, this has to come up. Barry plays in a band, Mister Entertainment, and the Bookie Smackers. That's right. And they have a new record coming out. That's and right. There is a song on that record that I have heard. It's a great song written by uh, Mister Entertainment himself, right. Stephen Toth, called uh, "Everybody's All Bob Mould." And and I'm I'll, I'm Grant Hart. And um, you know, and I'm so Grant Hart. I'm so <laughs> Grant Hart. It's really called So Grant. Barry's Hart. in the band. <laughs> yeah, it's the record's been a long time in the making. So yeah, I, I have to recall <laughs> what went into making it, but yeah. But so it's great. great. It's a great concept because yeah, uh, Bob Mould's songs seem to always get a little. More, he would get a little more attention. Yeah. But uh, everybody's all Bob Mould. But I'm so and and it's funny because I sort of had the same thing because when I first gravitated to Who's Do, I was definitely more uh, Bob songs. They yeah. were the ones that grabbed me first. But at, later on, as they went, I really appreciated uh, Grant Hart's song, and I really appreciated Grant Hart later on after they broke up uh, in his Nova Mob and yeah. his solo. He put out some great solo records, yeah. so I really, I'm, I'm definitely, I would say, I'm still Bob Mould, but I'm Grant Hart also. Yeah. I'm both. Yeah. Okay, the next, the, the hit single yes. is next, track three, <laughs> makes no sense at all, um, and I'm, I have tried to decipher who this might be about. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, I think I, I feel like he writes a lot of songs where he's sort of pleading with someone else. It could be just a friend, or it could be someone he had a relationship with to uh, get their shit together, or to get just sort of he's sort of admonishing them about something and yeah. telling them they have to get their act together. And the way they're you know the way you're acting, it just makes no sense, you know. And yeah. he has a lot of songs like that. I feel like he, where he's sort he of aggravated. Of, with he has other a lot of people. songs where he complains about people. <laughs> Yes. And this is one of them. It just happens to be really melodic and great. It's so great. I'll, I'll never forget. I saw Husker Du up in Boston. I was living up in Boston. Uh, it was probably like 84, 85. And they were touring. New Day Rising had, had come out. 
And this hadn't even come out yet, but they, uh, Husker Du, they, they were putting out records at such a fast pace that by the time they were touring, they were already playing the right, songs that right. went out. Yeah, so yeah. they played a bunch of Flippy Wig songs, and, yeah. and they played this song. And I remember it's like an amazing, just hearing a band play it live for the first time, you, you knew that it was a great song. And I'm like, wait, what album is this off of? How do I yeah, not know this right. song? Yeah. And then it ended up being on the, uh, on the next record that came out. Flippy yeah, Wig. I probably... Put, I played this the shit out of this song way more than um, the, anything else on the record, just because it's so catchy. It's so catchy. There's no, um, there's no solo. There's no guitar nope. solo in it because you, it's not needed. Nope. <laughs> uh, just, verse, chorus, verse, yeah, verse, no chorus. There, and there's a bridge, and then verse, chorus. And this single was a great single because the B side was the Mary Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore theme. Love right. is all around. Love is all around. And right. it's definitely worth. You should you should go to YouTube. Sure, YouTube, yeah, you can yeah, find the video. Available. It's not hard to find. The video they put out for this song. It's actually they have both songs in the video. Yeah, they did a video, right. sort of went from one to the other, and it's great. It's them playing and then just walking around. Yeah, it's not. A, it's a very low budget affair. Low budget, just walking around, but it's really good. And the, there's a great part in the video where uh, Grant Hart tries to recreate Mary Tyler Moore throwing her hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, SST was not going to kick for a video budget of more like no, you know, no. But it's you know. but it's uh, it's great, and I love the uh, just the the uh, the one two punch of make no sense at all and love is all around. So you're not going to take you're not going to bite on who this like an actual person this might be about. Well, I don't know. Do you have do you have theories? Yeah. Um, <laughs> one day someone's going to get in touch with us and tell us that either you're spot on or you're full of shit. The right? only person I can think of it just occurs to me, you know, it's Ian Mackay, Straight yeah. Edge, uh, um, from uh, uh, Minor Threat. Oh, okay. Because he was a straight edge, and that straight edge thing was around then. And this is someone who's, uh, you know, uh, is it important? You're, you're yelling so loud. Uh, I don't know why you want to tell me when I'm right or when I'm wrong. It's probably that's probably that's such, great. Did you just come up with that on your own though? No clues at all. Yeah, no. Wow. I, Wouldn't it be awesome if that was right? Though? Well, yeah. For both that's of their great, sake, though. I hope it's not true. <laughs> um, and uh, the. The sound comes up again in this song. This the sonic. Oh, I remember. Yeah, this has the worst because it ha- isolates the uh, drum, the snare fill. There's a snare and fill it- in there, which sounds <laughs> like like one of those monkeys that you get at the store, like the little one in the '70s. Right. Like it would you would bang it on the head and it would it would it would clap the things together and. Um. So. They worked really. I can tell that this was worked over a lot pr- production wise. That right, they really wanted right. to. This one it was sweetened. There's a lot of going on, um, but um, you know, it's it's of its time. <laughs> it's it's an eighty. It's of its time. Yeah, that's that's true. That's that's very true because you could tell it was a band trying to trying to sound more whatever. Just trying Mersh, to get more. Yeah, trying yeah. Trying to sound more Mersh, and you know they. And just not quite, maybe not no, knowing how to do it. Maybe they not. probably should have had a producer. Could you well, imagine if they had like an awesome uh, yeah. producer, someone that knew how to get, how to capture the sound of them? Because they were obviously a, a great band playing yes, together. They right. were obviously could play together so good. So uh, could you imagine? But for me, I think Zen Arcade probably can't captures their sound the most right. effectively. I agree. Yes, yes, I agree. That's true. All right. Um, 
Another, we got two molds uh, back to back. Yeah, right. From and this another complaint into, uh, song. Hate paper. <laughs> yes, right. Well, yeah. that's it. I just, the thing is, Bob Mould's songs is going to be railing about someone, complaining about something. And for the most part, Grant Hart is much sweeter, like sweeter songs. He's singing about someone. Maybe it's a, uh, a lover that didn't treat him good or he's apologizing, but he's just so much more uh, sweeter and heartfelt. And that's his songs. And then Bob Mould, you could never, the thing is, you could just, without hearing the songs, you could read the lyrics. Oh, yeah. And you would know who oh, wrote which. Yeah, it's no question. No <laughs> question that he's. Uh, um, Hate paper doll. I'm guessing it's a it's a woman. I've always assumed that this was a woman. I guess you know what I mean. That, that's probably the words are cool. I'm I'm going to be totally honest and say I have no. I was trying to see if I could get wrap my head around it, and I let me hear what you got because it sounds it, the words sound great, but I um, I have nothing. You want it to be just like me now. Wanted wanted it free now. You say you want it to be just like me now. Got on TV. Somebody's jealous of him. He's jealous of Husker, jealous of Bob, and <laughs> what the attention they're getting. And so the attention thing comes up again. Yes. Sort of like they're, you know. It, it does. You're right. That's good, actually. I think you're good. You're, you're good at this, Barry. Do you have like a, uh, did you go, neither of us, by the way, neither of us have degrees. I have, an a, I have two AAs. Oh, Barry, I have a Florida and an Illinois AA. Do you have yeah. one in like a psychology? Because you. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy then one of my favorite classes was a, I had a psych, psychology class. because you do psychology on these songs. I do. Yeah, you You're know. You're good. You're good. That I, I try to, it's, try it's to figure out me, what's going it's on. It's making man. me less mad at you than I was when we first started. No, because you thought I was just like, I was just going to come in and be like, well, I just don't like it. And so, right, yeah, right. And, you know, <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I, I did, I researched this. This one. I appreciate that. I even, and... <laughs> I have no, typed notes and all the lyrics here. Whereas in previous episodes, I had oh, I can be heard he scurrying, around, scurrying, around trying his, to find yeah. the lyrics of songs that ostensibly I'm very familiar with. <laughs> so there was um, a lot of Barry just going click click click. click yeah, click, yeah, uh, yeah. Keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Green Eyes, Grant Hart. Oh yeah, this is a great Grant Hart song. Yeah, very catchy song, and it's another yeah. just like sweet one of his sweet. Love songs. There's like no irony in this song, really. No dark. Some of his love songs he has uh, have a little could have a little dark edge to it. But no, I don't think a there's. A, I don't think there's no dark edge in this. It's just a love song about yeah. a girl with green eyes and him getting lost in. It's, her a, green it's eyes. a love song about someone with green eyes. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, that's true. Okay, that's true. Yeah, and but he, this always, is not expl- he does not explicitly say in this. He song. doesn't. But I feel like he always in the. A tradition of love song. Yeah, true. He would write, you know. I agree. He would write that. But yeah, that, that's definitely a, a good point. And, and I knew someone who was hanging around with him at this at this juncture and um, may have claimed to me at some point that this was about her. Oh, so, okay, okay. Uh, I won't. I won't go any further. I think but. we should, you know, we, we talk about things sometimes like we assume everyone knows, but we should point out that Bob Mould is a is a. Gay man. Homosexual gay man was a gay man, you know, and, and didn't come out right away. It must have been hard for him coming up in the punk scene. And then right. and then did come well, out. Well, I think it man. was actually a, I think they they I think some of the the actually the the shade that got thrown at them did was in fact because there were two gay members of the band. Right. Well, and and, and Grant Hart I guess was uh, a bisexual. I mean, he comes right. a he's yeah, bisexual. Yeah. He's been with women and with men. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of a unusual thing to have a band, three piece band. It was, and it wasn't well known until 
I remember the person uh, the person that told me the song they thought the song was about them also was the one who said oh and you know by the way they're you know to the uh, Bob and Grant are gay and I was like what really? I know right and the first time you heard and the, the first thing you assume is not the bass player with the, with the big <laughs> mustache <laughs> yeah that's, that's the not the, right, that's the exactly. guy no, yeah it was weird <laughs> right but, um, uh, yeah just a little thing and I one other thing about this song Green Eyes that I want to point out is that I love it has a thing that I love in songs at the end he keeps singing the chorus and the the chords change so he's singing green eyes yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. the chords change which takes it to like a different musical level and I love when bands do that yep. and it's very effective and then at the end then it's got the down 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 like yeah. a Beatles almost like a Beatles yeah. like anything and it's just yeah. really good it's great so All I right. love this song so um, we're going to take a break Was is that wait is that the end of side no it's not the end of side one is it um, well, do you need Barry? Do you need to take? No, a I mean, Barry? we're about halfway through. Our, our oh yeah, time. we are. We are. So, okay, and there's two it. instrumentals at the end, so you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the chat about them is is, is going to be a little shorter. <laughs> okay, let's. Do, oh, Barry needs to be uh, yeah. refilled. He needs if, a refill. uh, yeah, it's on me. Put it on me. That's fine. <laughs> what you do? Okay, we're back. Our drinks are refreshed. That's Rob Elba. <laughs> that is Barry Stott. You're listening to that record got me high episode. Hi. And we're discussing. Who's gonna do flip their, your way? Their fourth album, their first self-produced album. Let's see if I got any more interesting uh, factoids about this record. Robert Christgau declared in the Village Voice that with the album's production, the band had never sounded so good. <laughs> Not you know, an opinion shared by Mr. Barry Stubb. Uh, you know, <laughs> just my opinion, man. Just like the dude, you know. Um, Bob Mould saw Flip Your Wig as the best album Husker Du ever did. So Bob Mould says that, which probably would tell you maybe it's not. Uh, usually because when someone in a, in a band says it's their best record, it's, it's usually not. But I know other there are other people that say that this is their favorite record. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I know people that say that. Like maybe, said, okay, maybe this, maybe this record is the perfect balance of... Agro Husker Du and Melodic Husker Du. It's a really good balance of it, and I will tell you this: this uh, this record has uh, two, at least two of my all-time favorite Bob Mould songs, and one of them is the one we're doing right now, song number six, okay. which is "Divide and Conquer." Divide and Conquer. Uh, Bob Mould. This song just slays me, and this song I could listen to this song over and over on repeat. When I get up in the morning, I could put this on and this would get me going. This song is an amazing song. He basically screams through most of the whole yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's basically no chorus in the song. No. It's just verse, 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 well, he verse. Well, divide and conquer, divide conquer. At the end, yeah. they save yeah. the chorus. Right at the right. end, they'll do the chorus. But uh, this song just, uh, I don't know. You for- Good drink, bar- t- bartender. Good drink. Thank you. Rob Elba is the bartender at yes. House... The Franklin. How's the Franklin and Barry's the tech guy? Yeah. And we're a... Uh, so this song has know. some parallels with a song by the band Wire off of their uh, album um, 154. And uh, there's a song called Map Reference off uh, 154, which I could dig the lyrics up, but discusses uh, um, the division of... Uh, land into countries. Really? Yes, it does. I didn't know that. And um, 
that may be a record that we'll hit up one day because 154 is uh, a pretty remarkable document. Do you think a young Bob Mould might have listened to that? I think absolutely. Oh, I think I mean the thing that's known about Husker Du, I believe, is that they were they were big Mission of Burma fans, and I think if you you know, I think uh, uh, the there's actually uh, some there's a cup there's a parallel on one of the instrumentals that I could. Uh, you could draw, a, definitely draw a line uh, between a, Wire and Mission of Burma. Burma and, absolutely. Oh, absolutely! Mission of Burma is huge. Are huge Wire fans, right? Right. And then I believe Huskers were big um, Mission of Burma fans and probably Wire fans as well. Those records were around. You know, everybody right. was listening to them. Right. So. The, oh, this song cool. is a lot more angry than the um, <laughs> than the wire tune. Right. Um, the wire tune is much more English and reserved and sort of wry, and this is much more uh, finger poking in your chest. Yes, even for Bob, um, Hill, this is an angry song. Even for him, uh, and some of it's very. This song, so this came out in what nineteen eighty four five. Yeah, four five. And some of it's five ish. So prescient. Uh, yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah you got today, it. Man. We'll invent some new computers. Link up the global village and get AP UPI routers to tell everybody the news. That's right, and they did. That's true. Um, uh, I expect I won't be heard because my silence is assured. Never a discouraging word. They divide and conquer. Um, so, Big Brother, you know, and uh, if only he knew <laughs> how, how how prescient he was. I, I guess he does, um, but. Uh, it's a la. What's the end of la 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 la? la. Isn't there a la 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 bit in this one? <laughs> well, la, listen, la, la, la. I love I love at the end when when he does a na na, but he goes right, no, listen, no, no. but he keeps saying listen before that, and it reminds me kind of like you remember Motown, the old uh, Motown song. Oh yeah, sure. Listen, girl, and yeah, he goes, yeah, he goes yeah, listen, yeah, and then yeah. they do the okay. little na 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 things at the end. All right. uh, but I, I love the whole concept of the fact that because we're all so spread out now or now then I mean this was how long ago 30 years ago but he says uh, we'll be one happy neighborhood spread out across the world who's going to stop that burglar from breaking into my house if he lives that far away right well that's you know the cyber burglar <laughs> which we've a lot, I suspect most of us have had our credit card stolen yes. uh, by a cyber burglar probably someone and that's listening I've right had now mine, I've had mine stolen enough times that I thought maybe I'll just go fucking steal a credit card somebody's credit card and buy some shit because <laughs> come on disclaimer Barry's stock is not going to do I'm that. not technically capable of that <laughs> but um, you won't you wouldn't do that so, um, so the next go. song, I actually, I actually like the next song a lot better than I do Divide and Conquer. Which really? Is, which, yeah. But this is a great, yeah. another great Bob Mould song. Great back Bob to back. Games. Um, this is his like games uh, people play like games. I mean, it, it, I, I, think I think he, that's his, for the Huskers, during the Huskers, this was his, this boils down his lyrical obsessions pretty much in one, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, Five stanzas is that he, you know, that um, uh, it's a game and a game that anyone can play. Uh, he just. Um, it's about people like they're playing parts or they're pretending to be important. Yep. And, and uh, it's a mask. It's all bullshit. Right, and uh, it's all games. It's all games. Um, and uh, yeah, this one, this one gets stuck in my head. So uh, actually. It's an odd thing to notice when we do these podcasts is that um, 
you will spend that week with those songs just stuck in your head. And right. so I had these Husker songs stuck in my head all week. And then if I would go, like I would go Sorry, back. Barry. Sorry about yeah, that. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I would go back and listen to something off Zen Arcade, something off. Right, uh, right. Uh, I, same thing. And uh, and I'm going to have, a, I have a, a stark confession to make here. And that I have never listened to Warehouse. What? Because the production is so atrocious that I actually and during the I, I put it on on Spotify and during the first song I just I just said I'm not going to make it I can't you know, stand this it. This is a man who will listen to the the worst recorded bootleg. Yep. Velvet Underground tape. He'll send oh, me sure. this thing. Oh, listen sure. to this Velvet. Them playing sure. Sister Ray for 25 minutes yeah, where sure. it sounds like it was recorded on someone's uh, transistor radio yeah, in their yeah. pocket. Yeah, yeah. He'll listen to that, but yeah. he'll complain about this. Oh. Well, because... Barry Stop, ladies a, and gentlemen. A, here's the difference. Here's the difference. <laughs> Is that one of those things was the only way you're ever going to get to hear that and the another the, the other thing this warehouse it's something that someone did intentionally and <laughs> well i will tell you there were some great songs on warehouse there were okay. some great i'm going to make you a little a little mini warehouse with like six songs in it and they're you great can just songs. tell me the songs and and, and i'll, no, I'll just listen to well, them. i'm not going to do any of that we're you can make me a cassette you're and... not going to want to listen to any who's good after this i know for a while you're going to need to take a I'll, I'll, break. yeah I, yeah you that's are. true that's fine that's, that's fine. true fair but enough, fair cool. enough all right, um, All right that ends, so that's end side one of Flip Your Wig. Side two, we start side two with another Bob Mould song. And this yeah, three called, in a row. Three Bobs in a row. Yes, that's right. Keeping the less than 40, 45% or less grand song, keeping the, <laughs> the yeah, math. Yeah, I just made a face. Yeah. Um, Find Me. This song yeah. is called Find Me. And uh, this is a very mournful sounding song. And this song also has kind of like a Middle Eastern feel to it a little. Le, um, yeah, is because it, it, um, it has a droney aspect to yes, it. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, it's, um, it's a gooder. This it's, one's a good song. It's good. And it's, and it's very, it's, it's another Bob Mould uh, desperation, just his like desperation. Uh, he says... There's a, a thousand million voices. They're screaming apocalyptic. in my eyes. That's yes, why, apocalyptic. Probably That's why it. I like it better than the other songs. Creatures the other in the songs. forest, sirens in the sky. God. When I walked around and cried a lot, well, I walked around and cried a lot. I thought that I would die. Find me. So he's um, he's a uh, um, it's when Bob I think really reveals emotional um um vulnerability in songs is when he sometimes has his best songs there's a tune on Zen Arcade um, called Whatever uh, about talking about his mom and dad you know and being disappointed in right, him right and, and you can tell I don't know have, have, have you read his autobiography I have See not a little light you should because that's definitely a big part of him and it's really good it's a good it's it, it's a hard read because he's very you can tell he's he's been through a lot and he's got a lot of anger I mean, I'm hoping when he when that book is done, he still has a lot of anger. I'm hoping he's worked. When was that written? When was that, that from? Anger. What's the vintage on that? It's one? kind of recent. I mean, I read it. It's within the last ten years, I, I want to say. So it's it's kind of recent, uh, but it's good. It's really good. But yeah, he, he definitely has a lot of uh, has a lot of. Uh, well, anger is no. Can face it. Bob Mould is is that's the Husker, Bob Mould's contribution to Husker Du is just. Is just 
every night he would get up there and sing angry songs at the top of his voice. Right, right. And his guitar sound, he has, he has this really uh, very harsh, abrasive guitar abrasive, sound. Abrasive, right, harsh. And that's and that was something that was great about Husker Du was that you had you had the Grant Hart songs, which it was like he just wanted to write a really, like, like a nice, sweet song. And there were sweet songs, yeah. but they were still played really aggressively and hard. But then you had the Bob songs where he was just, you knew he wanted to get shit out. He wanted to get the right. shit out well, of Well, there's head actually, um, there's purge. actually, a funny, oddly enough, there's a parallel with the, one of the bands that they, I, I, my understanding is that they liked a lot, Mishnah Burma, was that the Clint Conley songs in Mishnah Burma are more uh, melodic and, and Clint's voice is much more, um, uh, it's got much, it's much uh, sweeter than the Roger Miller songs, which right. tend to be angrier and um, and more uh, uh, angular and abrasive. So, um, and there's that the Grant Bob dichotomy there as well. Yes, and, yes, that's um, good. That's a good point. Then we uh, move on to uh, uh, a, a, <laughs> the baby, which this isn't a song. Let's say, I mean, this isn't a song. Oh it's no, this the, annoys the shit out of me. Just to be song. just to be honest with you. I, 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 when I was about halfway through this, I was like, this is really annoying. Is, I just skipped it. The skipped definition it. of a dumb filler song, I would, you have to know there had to be some weed involved with this song. There had to some, be yeah, some marijuana yeah. involved where yeah. someone thought this was a good idea to play. Okay. Here's one. Here, okay. Here's when I was talking to, I was talking with my wife about this record and I had an epiphany about the production on this album, about these later Husker Du records. And I'm going to confess, I am not much of a drug taker, but I the sound of it is always... You, you know that's true because people who do drugs don't call themselves drug takers. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone who knows me is going gonna, gonna to say, yeah, I'm Barry, he he's, Barry, he's, yeah, he's yeah, pretty square. Yeah, um, kind of square. Kind of square. But it always, I always thought that the sound of these records was someone who was... It's like what someone described like whippets were like. <laughs> Like nitrous oxide, <laughs> so you did something. We 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 did some. We you know, it's a tank of nitrous, and then we went to mix the album. And then the baby <laughs> song is just. Um, there's some songs. There it's the, not a song. It's not. Don't even. No, call it a song. And there's some songs on some Black Sabbath records that are like that. Where we were like, right. they just had needed some filler for this publishing. Filler. I don't even know why, but. Let's just get rid of this. Keep it goes into number 10 song. Flexible Flyer. Flexible, which is one of my all-time favorite Great Grand song. Heart songs. Yep, it Flexible is. Flexible Flyer. Uh, this is just a sweet, like, lost youth song singing about, you know, something he remembers is Flexible Flyer for you people that Barry... I don't... Yeah. Did you immediately know what it was? Yeah. Because you're a, a South boy, a... Southern boy, right? Yeah, but um, I would go visit my dad in Illinois oh, in yeah, the right. in the winter right. okay. and in the summer, but in the winter, so so you would do some sledding, sledding, and yeah, one of my nice. first visits to Illinois, um, I got on a sled with my stepbrother, and I was in the front, and he was in the back, and this guy who lived across the street from us, who was ostensibly in charge of us, he um pushed us, and he aimed us right at a tree, <laughs> and like I, we went we went right, I went straight into a tree. Well, and they had to sad. they had to pull me home on a sled. <laughs> oh, I was laying down, and uh, they kept saying, "I kept saying I'm sleepy," and they were like, "Don't go to sleep." I think <laughs> I had a concussion. So you had a, a concussion for sure. Then I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is a this is a beautiful song, and and there's um, 
there's a part I, I'm wondering. I did some Barry, some something Barry usually does. I did some amateur um, analysis on this, and there's a part where he says, uh, "If the wheels of your wagon are rusty, you can paint them until they are new. You can roll down a hill, but if you can't, then I pity you." And I wonder, and this when he's saying I pity you, if he's talking about Bob. Yeah, talking maybe about Bob Mould because he, he um. He, I, I, read, I listened to, well, listened and read to some, some Grant Hart interviews from, the, you know, some of them were quite a bit later, some of them from about 10 years ago. And he was complaining about really the, the, Bob's controlling, as the controlling nature and wanting to, you know, where Grant really wanted things to be more loose and um, spontaneous and not not picked over or worked over so much. And uh, I, I'm certain that that's a good guess. About, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, you're... But, you know, I, don't know, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, haven't, I don't know any... I, frankly, I haven't read anything about these guys' upbringings. I don't know if they had middle class. What if they were poor? I don't know jack shit about what they... What they, their parents were just like working stiffs. Yeah, or, yeah, no, I, Bob Mould for sure was that. Yeah, yeah was, I mean, they're uh, from a working stiff area of the country. Yeah. So, um, and I know this, this is actually, there's a part in Bob's book that's really when the band broke up, uh, like right towards the end, he had a meeting. Like, they, him and Granard had a meeting together, and Granard's parents were there too. Oh, shit. <laughs> and Bob Mould was really Woo. pissed about that, that he had wow. his parents were like, Part of the meeting, so yeah. that. <laughs> well, but when you sign with a major, when you sign with a major label, there's a lot of money involved. And but what bands don't understand is you have to pay the money back, and that uh, some usually there's debts at the end of when a band breaks like that breaks up, and a band can spend years like people, guys can spend years trying to pay off debts to right. or just or just go bankrupt. Right. Do you have some experience with that? I don't have any experience. Okay, no so holy given, terrors never. No one's never, ever given us. A, no, 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 holy terrors never. Well, had. we had we got money, but we never bothered worrying about paying it back. <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever yeah. come afterwards for it. Yeah, so it wasn't much. Um, I, one thing about this song I wanted to point out was that uh, Bob plays a really great solo in this. Uh, yeah, melodic solo. Yeah, that really goes, and and that's one thing that I noticed even. Uh, both of them really elevated each other's songs a lot. Uh, Bob was obviously his uh, guitar work in a lot of Grant Hart songs. He would play these really great yeah. melodic leads. And Grant Hart with his backing vocals. Yeah, sure. Some He's great, a great backing background. vocals yeah, great background and Bob songs. So they both elevated each other. Even though probably at this point they probably hate. I'll tell you what. After reading Bob's, Bob Mould's book, if and people would say to me, oh, you think Who's Could Do would ever come back? And I'd say no. That's one band that will never get back together. Well, there's an. I watched an interview with Grant Hart and Greg Norton where they were um, sitting. They were sitting backstage or somewhere, and somebody was talking to him. And somebody asked if Husker Du was ever going to get back together, and he goes, "Yeah." And the uh, it would be in the district court of. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, They're like in the. Uh, well, we territory. should. We might as well go ahead and bring up here that Grant Hart had a, whether he was an addict. He was a heroin user, and he began using heroin around this period enough. Around that- this period, yes, and that, and and I totally get that. I get that you're playing in a band with a guy, with a guy that all of a sudden has got the little heroin thing. I know that could be 
you know, that's that's something horrible. <laughs> that's to be not aware. an unknown thing in the South it's Florida not, scene, <laughs> right? No, it's not, and yeah, and and it's got to be really because uh, you hard can't. To we know with. some people, you know, who never could tour because. They, they would they were not able to be, have a find a um, a dealer they didn't have enough connections to right. be assured of having to, being able to score yes. in any city that they were in yes and that's a, that's a big thing I, I have a, a, a little those people are now deceased yeah that's true I uh, you know what the a gun club one of my yeah. all-time favorite bands sure. the gun club played a show down here. Richard Shelter brought them down here in the early 80s uh, to one of his clubs. He brought the gun club down to play a show. And they flew. He was going to provide the back line for him and everything. Yeah, they sure. They flew down. And they have a record called Miami, goddammit. That's right. Well, they, when they were down here, they played that show. They He was writing songs for the for Miami, Miami song. yeah. This was after the first record, Fire Love, came out. So they get here. They get off the plane. The first thing they said to Richard is, where can we get some dope? Yeah. <laughs> And then we're talking about weed. Yes. And when someone Jeffrey says... Lee, and the great Jeffrey Lee Pierce is no longer with us anymore. But I believe he actually switched from heroin to alcohol. Yeah, he didn't die, yeah, he didn't die of heroin. Uh, alcohol was but his I'm sure that day. didn't help. I'm sure that didn't help. His probably not. Well, fucking, I'm sure Grant Hart, he had hep C. Yeah. And that yeah. probably he had liver cancer. Think about the people that have died of liver cancer. Lou Reed, hepatitis C. Oh, yeah, that's right. It fucking, right. eventually it's going to get you. And... Uh, what kind of cancer killed Bowie? Oh yeah, no, I meant. Uh, so the uh, uh, hepatitis is uh, um, has killed, and actually, uh, my wife has a close relative, a um, let's see, second cousin, who was a very famous jazz musician, and um, he. Um, Lived in France for a long time, and when he came back to the country, he got a he was he had a position at the Boston Conservatory. That's the place where a lot of times that older jazz guys they'll give him a position, and so they can sort of survive. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't a junkie anymore, right? But you know, and when he died, they said, "Oh, um, you know, he died of cancer." But a little digging. You know, it was hepatitis. It was it was byproduct of having Hep C or hepatitis from dirty needles uh, for a, a long time ago. Uh, and we didn't actually. We didn't again for the people that are the not that uh, deep into Who's Could Do and know the band. Grant Hart is no longer with us. He did. He died last, last year, year. two thousand seventeen. Yeah, yeah, so he's no longer with us. And he looked. Very, he looked gradually, gradually more ill as time went on. He did, yeah. He did not look from good. From yeah. there's an there's a interview from 2008 from a I think it's I guess it's a Minneapolis show a TV show where a, you know hipster cat not unlike Rob Elba and myself is sitting there in a studio <laughs> interviewing him, and um, he he is you know his teeth are fucked up and he looks a little shaky. Yeah. And and I just wonder. I mean, I just don't know if he was a, if he at that if he cleaned up or if like William Burroughs, he discovered that he just needed methadone to survive. Yes, right, right. Um, That's what. It, yeah, it, it sort of seemed to me like he wasn't totally cleaned up the last time. I mean, times I see. Yeah. But you know, that's kids. This is what happens. You know. It's all well, like, you know, Charlie Parker <laughs> got all the jazz musicians hooked on heroin and. My one of my heroes, William Burroughs, got a lot of we uh, got a lot rock musicians to uh, try heroin, and it was not a. God damn it! 
All right, let's move on. Uh, well, we got sidetracked, didn't we? We got <laughs> track eleven is Private Plane, and it's yeah. the Bob Mould song Private Plane, which is ironic considering that they would sign with a major and. Um, some of the things that he complains about in here would be... Yes, that he complains with a shocker. <laughs> stuff, stuff Bob, this is another Stuff Bob Complains About song. Yeah, but that people would complain about them, you know. Yes, but definitely this song, which I didn't, I didn't realize at all until I just read the lyrics uh, this week, that the uh, dual meaning of it is the plane. He's also talking about you're on your private plane as your own, your level astral of... Astral plane, Jonathan existence. Richmond. Yes, yes. Yes, meet me on the astral plane, baby, or, or your own private plane. Yes. You're on your own level and you're not going to come right. down and yes. engage with me because I'm angry. Right, and I, <laughs> and I feel like this is definitely a very autobiographical song for him because I feel like Bob Mould is a... Is a person that probably feels like he's sort of isolated on his own little private yeah, plane. I, I, I think so. I don't, I, don't, I can't that. imagine him denying that, that based on all the lyrical evidence and evidence from, uh, although I do know um, someone who had their boyfriend stolen by Bob Mould. That was... Uh, really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Brian Franklin, the I just owner of the my, house. I just ignored the owner of our, the house we're recording, and Brian Franklin who, was calling who me. Can probably see us on a camera, and I totally just ignored his call. God yeah. damn it, Brian! We're send doing a, text, a Brian. We're, send we're us recording a, text. a podcast in your house. Leave yeah, us alone. Yeah, are you guys done? <laughs> Diane's complaining. He wants, she wants you to leave. Um. <laughs> So that's a private plane, and then we go into which to me this is the last track of the record because it's yeah, the it last is. song. It is. It's the twelfth song. It's called. It's keep hanging on. It's a Grand Hart song. Creep, yeah. Keep hanging on. And there are two instrumentals after this, but this is really like the last. This song is the last song song. It is the last song song. And you wonder, it's weird that why they why they piled up two instrumentals at the end of the record. Yeah, I don't know. I got to think they're they're both Bob instrumentals, and I got to think maybe it's just something that he wanted to do and throw on there. And they're cool. I mean, I don't, I don't. Well, I got something them. to say about each one, so we can. All right, let's do, talk uh, about keep hanging on. Let's so. do keep hanging on right now. Uh, this is uh, the Grand Heart song, and this is um, uh, another one of his songs. You know what? His lyrics are so only angels have wings. Yeah, <laughs> they're so sincere. And yeah. childlike. And poets have all the words. <laughs> yes. The earth belongs to the two of us, and the sky belongs to the birds. Right. At some, it's, on some level, they sound like they could be written by a twelve by a depressed well, they, twelve-year-old girl. Yeah, they are. But there's, but there's I, maybe still, Grant Hart is a depressed twelve-year-old girl. I think probably in his heart he probably was, but. Yeah. He still wrote. He wrote great songs. And well, but he he delivers. He de- oh, he, totally he delivers, delivers the passion. So you can sing. You can sing about fucking used tires. Yeah. If you can deliver the passion, it doesn't matter. Right. You know. And uh, so the message of this song is what the title is. Keep hanging on. And I yeah. love this song. He sings this song. It's out of his range for almost the entire song. He sings way at the top of his range. At yeah. the top of his range, and for the entire song. But it would be funny if he sang at the bottom of his range and couldn't reach it. That would. But that would be weird. <laughs> And no one does that. But to his credit, he doesn't switch over to falsetto. falsetto. He does it, and his voice is cracking at yeah. parts. But it's great. I yeah. love that. And he's reaching, which is almost like a Bob Mole thing to do. And also, and it's almost. I was thinking, it's almost like he's hanging on. He's just that, hanging well, yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's singing it. He's got the he's got the whole package, and this is one of the better songs. This is one of the best songs on the record. Um, yeah, it's it just it's great. It's a great. It's, it's beautiful. It's got intensity. Um, and he talks. He's talking about mundane things in the door. Um, mundane. The key turn in the door. Uh, 
the cat walks to the window. The roof opens, the roof opens up to the sun. The crows flying in parallel lines. And golly, isn't this great fun? Um, but the overlying, underlying tone is one of desperation and, you know, not being sure what's going to happen. Right, right. Yeah, this is one of his where it does have a little underlying to his, uh, to his sweet uh, lyrics. Yeah, you got to just, you got to keep me hanging. Just keep me hanging. <laughs> you know, there are some uh, other songs about hanging on out there. Yes. That have a uh, similar uh, feeling. And so this is a great album closer, but it is not the album closer. It's not. There's two instrumentals. Because we have... The, the Wit and the Wisdom. The Wit and the Wisdom. Uh, which both... Which, by the way, I feel like... Don't you feel like both of these would fit on Zen Arcade? These could have been something Definitely, because they have that... They have that... Especially Wit and the Wisdom. Yes. Definitely has the feeling of uh, some of the more angular stuff that was on Zen Arcade. Uh, yeah. Um, and Beyond the Threshold... And which and uh, there was some things on Zen Arcade that were much more, much less melodic. Right, right. But uh, this is cool. I, I like this. I like it. It's uh, interesting. It's a, it's got an. Interesting... Do you know? I had a, I had a, I was listening to it and I thought you know it's a remi- weird thing that it reminded me of and I went and listened to it and I couldn't find an exact parallel. But they um, soundtrack to a terrible new wave movie that's got an incredible soundtrack called Liquid Sky. Oh, remember, okay, remember Liquid okay. Sky? Yes. Liquid Sky was recorded with an early like Fairlight synthesizer, which had was a sampling synthesizer, and the some of the some of the sound of the some of the harmonies and stuff, and the the way it's this song is arranged. Reminded me out of stuff on Liquid Sky. So I went and listened to, went and listened to some of the Liquid Sky soundtrack. What year was Liquid Sky? 82, 81. I remember, oh, okay, seeing, I remember okay. seeing it in a midnight movie in Orlando, you know. Right. So, um, and the movies, it's awful, but the soundtrack is great. It's one. It's a weird, uh, weird thing. So, and don't know yet. I have a, I have, I know exactly where this comes from. Oh, okay. How do you, do you know? From- I know because of the mission in Burma, um, um, connection, right? Um, Roger Miller from Mission of Burma was in a in a, a group called Bird Songs of the Mesozoic. Bird Songs of the Mesozoic. And yes, th- I remember them. This don't know yet is is directly seriously influenced by the first Bird Songs of the Mesozoic EP. The the the, 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 the when you hear that when I heard the track I was like. Oh, this is just like oh, Bird that's songs. awesome! And Bird songs was like this experimental yeah, yeah. More Some thing Boston that he did guys. after, yeah. Uh, yeah, or yeah, after after Burma. after the the first time Burma after, sort of yeah, yeah Burma's yeah. first incarnation, right? Oh, yeah. that's great because I thought it reminded me a little of My Bloody Valentine, like something they would have yeah. as an interlude in their yeah. song or something. I'm just, like that. I, I, but that's I, I great. Really, I, I really believe it's. Just, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you're right. Straight out of uh, straight out of the first Bird songs of the Mesozoic. There's definitely a lot of Mission of Burma parallels going on so that's cool that's good and there's always uh, backwards this song now I, I can't tell is is everything backwards or is some stuff well one backwards? way to figure out whether everything's backwards is to play the whole thing backwards and then just did you do that I have not done that oh very yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was a busy week. I had a busy week. He did have a busy week. Yeah. Yo, you should have seen. If I could, if we could somehow show you what Barry looked like when he walked in here, it's amazing that we got through this. Yeah, show. I might drink another a third drink before I drive back <laughs> down Hollywood, Florida. 
But um, uh, okay, so that's the official. The album ends for real with this uh, very weird uh, instrumental. that yeah. a lot of it's backwards, but it's but it's cool. It's interesting. The last two, they didn't need to be there. They could have been twelve song record. Or well, they could have been interspersed somewhere. They could have been put. Yeah, to the, end it with two. The sequencing uh, yeah, is. Yeah, uh, it's almost like they said, "Oh, you know what? What are we going to do? Just put them on the end." <laughs> uh, it could have, but uh, that could be a, that could be a, sort of who's going to do his career career in a nutshell. Yeah, and yeah. Just throw the two in the end, whatever. Yeah. So you you think they're the greatest punk band ever? I didn't. I I posted that. That was not my saying. I looked on. I I did online like who's going to do, and you know, there's like a a definition online, like they call it, like the the wiki definition. Yeah, sure. Some definition where it said. The, the the number one was greatest punk band ever, and number two was the child's game that it was named after called Do You yeah. Remember? So I, I don't know, but I will tell I you. I don't for know me, if they're exactly a punk rock band. Well, that's it. For me, I, I will tell you right now, I think we come at different things because I could definitely safely say that Husker Du is probably in my top five of favorite bands ever. I, I would say that at one point, they were the most, they were incredibly influential on my musical upbringing. In fact, I was in a band that opened for Volcano Sons, and Peter Prescott goes, Ah, it sounds like you listen to a lot of uh, Oscar Du. <laughs> and yes, so. Yeah. Yeah. I've had people say that to me too, because. Uh, my they were, kids. so they, they cast, yeah, definitely I listened to them, and definitely they. Um, it got in there. Yeah, yeah. Highly influential, great band. Uh, yeah, punk. I, I would say they're they're a punk band, even though they definitely, after the first couple of uh, records they did, they definitely expanded past that. And, yeah. um, you know, very, they're, the thing with Who's Could Do that one of the things I love about them is they're of, they're sort of their own little thing. I mean, there's no, how many right. other bands can you name no. that were like that? That had a, not. a drummer that sang no. these like more no. singer songy, folky type songs. And this, they, they are, they are, they are, they were singular and they generated a lot of resentment in the, under, from other underground bands. Did they, they really? Were, I didn't know they that. They were the first, yeah, they were the first ones to sign with a major and um, they, you know, the, uh, I think they caught a lot of, I won't name names, but I, I don't think you would have to look far to find some of their uh, people who made snide comments about uh, Husker Du, including some people who, records we reviewed in a previous episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay, well that's and, kind of disappointing uh, in a way, because I just, you know, I guess it's the same thing, I'm sure. Well, the things have... that we don't know, too. Oh, um, of course. I'm people sure interact on the road, or they have interactions with people. And right, right, right. And you find never, never meet your heroes. Once again, it comes yes. up. <laughs> Although, Aaron, Rob, you take one thing from this podcast. Apparently, you know, I know somebody that met David Bowie and that's hung out with him for like a, two hours. And a delight. He, he was, was a delight. Right? Yeah, of course. exactly. Yes, of course yeah. he was. So next week, uh, <laughs> oh, it's yeah, my what pick. Are we doing next week, uh, an album that is. Uh, from a, a band that was incredibly influential and incredibly groundbreaking at the time. And they had one of the greatest guitar players that ever touched a guitar, John McGeoch. Um, they were going to do magazine, The Correct Use of Soap. The, oh, uh, nice. The third magazine record. And uh, one which is chock full of Howard DeVoto's um, dark and uh, um, very intellectually amusing lyrics. 
So uh, that's I'm great. looking forward and, to and it. And that's great that you but I'm, you picked that record because I had a magazine uh, I had a magazine on my list that maybe to do, but I did not have that record. Which one were you what were you going to pick? Uh, First one? Yeah. Real yeah. Life? Yeah. 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 But no, that's great. I'm excited to do that. I, unlike you, I won't make a big stink about it, and, and my <laughs> wife won't be sending you messages. Why did you pick that? But <laughs> just kidding, Susan. It's yeah. a joke. Um, all right, real quick. It's a joke. A, it's a joke. It's, He's it's just joking on me. Any other podcasts you'd like to recommend? Well, anything you've been listening? What was I listening to? Well, I talked about Felonious Florida last week. Um, you know, I, frankly, the other podcasts I listen to are political, and they do you are. You listen to political podcasts? I, I do oh, a lot. God, bless your heart. Well, you know, I need to. <laughs> I need to. I need to search out. I need to search for hope, and uh, some listening to these people who are able to uh, put things into um, a broader context or to analyze the going, the comings and goings of the current. Situation. So what's a what do you listen? What's a political? Podcast um, listen I listen to. to um, let's see what's on my podcast list. Um, Trump must die podcast. <laughs> <or something>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Trump Inc. Uh, pod, oh, okay. There is Trump. In pod the Save title. America. The Daily from the New York Times is uh, is great. Um, uh, Stay tuned with Preet Bahara is fantastic. Oh, yes, I have actually have listened to, the, to that before. That's and a uh, Lawfare podcast with Benjamin Wittes is also wow. fantastic. So many, how could you listen to so many serious podcasts? Though? I know my, I'm my, a serious guy. You are, you I'm are. not. I don't. Um, <laughs> I. 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 Uh, well, I listen. Uh, I listen. I've been listening to another local uh, podcast, uh, Honey Talks with Brady Newbill, and it's yeah, uh, Pure Honey Magazine. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, they, they just started up as well. They've got about, uh, I think, three or four. They're trying to steal our listeners. No, no, no. That's okay. We could uh, piggyback on them. But okay. uh, Brady does a really good job, and he did one. The latest one was Thelma and, and the Sleaze, and it's great because he interviewed the, the the main girl in Thelma and the Sleaze, which I can't think of her name. Her name's not Thelma, we'll edit, ironically. We're going to edit that in. Um, but when you hear the also... voice change, someone said. <laughs> <laughs> it's this uh, but they also played uh, up in West Palm and then they played a little of their actually live show uh, which was really cool so uh, that's Honey Talks with Brady Newbill that's a good one and uh, I think we did I think we did it I think we did Who's Could Do uh, Flip Your Way pretty good yeah. neither of us dived over the, uh, the table at each yeah, other I think that was gonna happen I'll probably have to call Brian back and see what the hell he wanted yeah we, I'm curious what his problem was the owner of this you know the, what, the insolence of the you know Damn! Call us in the middle of the night. Once again, this is the Rocky Gunner. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. We'll see you in seven days.